Okay, we're live. Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua, and this is a new episode of Let's Humanize the Workplace. And today we have three, in total four, beautiful black ladies uh, on the panel, but also um, this topic that I'm going to discuss today is a topic that we must, we must, it's, it's a must have at the moment. And that's why I felt the need to do an extra live because we need to talk about our mental health. And we not only need to talk about our mental health during the lockdown, we also need to talk about what will happen after this lockdown. What are the predictions? What can we do now to prevent, prevent people from having a meltdown? So um, I will bring all these guests, these wonderful ladies um, on the show. But first, I'm going to go through my introductions. And I'm going to go uh, do some pre-work before. So I'm going to show my screen. I forgot to add my screen. So this is my screen. And share the love, tag people, share it. And uh, also know that this episode and every episode I do about Let's Humanize the Workplay, it's not a Vivian show or it's not a Vivian and the guest speaker show. No, it's your show as well. So if you have anything to ask or anything to share during this episode, please let me know so that I can include you in the conversation as well. And also I'm curious, can you see me on LinkedIn? Because I'm not sure if I'm visible on LinkedIn. So mostly I have to check it. And it's a bit of a, no, it's not a hassle. I just have to check it and see what is happening on LinkedIn. And I am not seeing anything on LinkedIn. So let me see. Mm, not yet, but I'm hoping that something is happening. Okay, I can see something is happening. And I also can see that a few people are watching. So hi again my name is vivian aqua the workplace wellness advocate and today we'll be talking about uh, mental health and mental health during uh, the lockdown but also mental health after the lockdown so before i'm going to do that i want to bring on something so this is something that we are going to address today i found out this uh, amazing article by Ernst young and they really shared some amazing tips regarding what companies need to do regarding mental health. So besides these wonderful ladies that we are going to have a conversation about, I also want to encourage you to look up this article by Ernst Young and see what they have to say because they really made valid points in this article. So please know mental health. Um, I know that the managers and the CEO and HR, a lot of people are saving the companies. Uh, but also be aware that, you know, with the people that you still have working for you, you have to be aware that they need to be their best selves and not taking care of, not helping them, not supporting them regarding their mental health. It will be more challenging for them, but it will also be more challenging for you. So that's why I'm doing this show as well. Um, I also want to say something about, I also want to say something about, uh, Google, and I've seen a message regarding Google. I've seen a message regarding uh, Facebook that is sharing that they are all sharing Facebook and um, Google. I think Facebook and Twitter. They have made a statement that they are allowing their people to work from home much longer. So they have the flexibility to work from home because. At the moment, we don't know what is going on. Right at the moment, we don't know when this 
this lockdown situation will be over, will be done. So what I like about this, uh, what I like about this statement that Facebook is making, they are sharing that we have to facilitate this. And it's also, it's working for their brand. I mean, Google doesn't have any problems with finding people. I mean, there are so many people applying to them, right? But know that by doing this, by, by uh, sorting out something regarding your, uh, regarding post lockdown, but also regarding, are you, are, should your people come back to the workplace? And if they do, what can they expect? Or are you supporting them to work from home more often? That's something, that's a question that I want to leave you with, but at least communicate um, in a very good way towards your, your people, because it's important to, to think about that. And if you aren't thinking about that, at least work on it and share with your people as soon as possible, because it's important to let them know where your company is heading and if they are, are supposed to be in the workplace right now. So I'm going to bring up the ladies. Um, Tanya, Erica, and Farah. And um, first, I have to read out their 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 bio. So, excuse me. Um, Tanya Tanya Obeng is the communication doctor and a mental health advocate who is promoting mindfulness and uses psychodrama as a tool to help others tell their stories in an authentic way. Who's Tanya? Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> The next, the next lady is Erica. Can you say hi, Erica? Erica Reed helps businesses create healthier workplaces where people are more focused and productive throughout the day and have better work relationships. And last but not least, Farah, Farah Harris is a licensed therapist and a workplace wellness advocate. Her mission is to help individuals and organizations decrease symptoms of stress and burnout. Welcome, ladies. Can you maybe share where you're streaming from? So going, you know, going in the going first with Tanya, Erica, and then Farah. Okay, so I'm streaming from East London. To be specific, mm -hmm. I'm streaming from Stoke Newington. So London, UK. And I am streaming from the United States, East Coast, the state of Maryland. And I am streaming from the Midwest of the United States, from Chicago. Cool, cool. So exciting to have different ladies from different you know, uh, places in the world. And I, I love the, the fact that we are meeting uh, this way. Unfortunately, what I dislike is the, our reason for meeting this way, because we are facing, we are in the midst of a global pandemic. And that's also why I felt the need to do this extra live, uh, live broadcast because we need to have a discussion. We need to have a serious discussion. And the first question that I want to bring up is what is COVID-19 doing to our mental health? And I'm going to start with Farah first. Uh, well, um, we are experiencing a lot of stuff uh, because of COVID-19. And I believe it's highlighting the issues we've had with our mental health. It's either uh, exasperating it, you know, mm -hmm. or it is just highlighting things that uh, have become stressors within our personal lives and in our professional lives. So, you know, for families, you know, I am a parent. I'm hoping you don't hear my child while we are mm. live, but we are in what I call a forced work-life integration time. Everything is kind of put and forced together 
And it is causing us to really wonder about what is it going to look like going forward? We're dealing with some uh, elevated symptoms of anxiety because we just aren't certain as to what's going on. There's not a clear plan. Uh, so that's elevating some anxiety. We have people who are wrestling with depression, especially if you're living alone. So mm -hmm. isolation is causing um, a lot of distress. So, you know, COVID-19 is definitely causing us to really reevaluate our lives and highlighting the things that we've, you know, invested our time, our money in. Um, and in that reflective state, you know, some of us are, are not feeling well. True. And Erica, what do you have to add on to this? Well, I definitely agree with everything that was just shared because mm -hmm. we have a tendency just in our day-to-day -day life to stay busy. And by mm -hmm. staying busy, we don't have to reflect on the stuff that we're running away from, we haven't healed from, and we actually don't want to take a look at. So mm -hmm. now that we're in this home situation, without all that extra busyness to keep us distracted, the things that we've been running away from and not wanting to focus on are now starting to come up. People don't know what to do with it. And then on top of that, we're trying to juggle all of these new responsibilities that we didn't necessarily have the strategies to effectively manage. Mm -hmm. When we feel that sense of losing control, rather it's we don't have control over where we can go, what we can do, and then that internal struggle that is now taking place, that increases our stress, it increases our anxiety. We feel that we just don't know where to turn to next and that all of this is a result of COVID-19 and how we're really trying to manage our mental health with it. Yeah, I love the fact that you're sharing that. And Tanya? Yeah, I feel that we operate from a position right now of survival mode. We're all mm -hmm. in survival mode. And normally we'd operate from a place of being external, but now we're having to be incredibly resilient. And that's when, as, as you both said, Farah and, um, I can't remember everybody's Erica. name, but, and Erica. <laughs> But as you both said, now you're operating from a different level now. And it's really affecting us on a deep level from an internal space. Because even as a mother, you are now having to juggle being a mother and the responsibilities of a mother and also the responsibility of work. But the difference is it's all in the same environment. Mm -hmm. Whereas normally you drop your children off to, to school, you'd come home and then you'd switch on. Because I know I just switch roles. I just put my hat on, you know, hat on for, <laughs> for work and then hat on for mum, but you're trying mm -hmm. to do everything at the once as, as, a, as a woman, you know? And then as a man, the same thing. So everything is in front of you and you're having to juggle everything all at once and, and work, home life. And it's, it's very, very confusing, I think. Very confusing. Definitely, definitely. And also you, you, you bring in a, a, a very excellent point because um, there is a reason. Well, the hidden agenda and the reason why I, I'm bringing uh, women, four women on this panel is because I've seen so many articles regarding women, especially women who are facing more difficulties, more challenges, mm -hmm. while being a mom, being a teacher, um, being, you know, the, 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 the person who has a lot of workload and you can also see a lot of traditional roles coming back, not in this house. We do, we try to do everything 50, 50, but <laughs> you can see a lot of the traditional roles falling back on the women where the women are doing a lot. And there are also a lot of women thinking about quitting their job so that they can be in that traditional role. And I'm not, I'm not against it. If you're, if, 
this is a choice that you really want to make to be there for your family. Mm -hmm. But this is also one of the reasons why uh, women are not being seen with promotions, right? Or when you get pregnant and you disappear for a few months because you are becoming a mom, this is also held against you. And that's why I want to have this discussion here and also see that we need to be more, more modern when it comes to women roles. And we also need to be more, um, more aware of the fact that this situation that we are in right now is hitting everybody from the rich people to the less less fortunate people but also to those who are uh, managers ceos but also those to the you know the employees everybody is facing their own challenges and and mm. it's unfortunate to say this but everybody now is aware of their mental health and why it is important to take care of your mental health and if not they are facing the challenges that they didn't face before mm. Can I say something to that? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think as mental health clinicians, we we hear what our clients say, but we're mm -hmm. always keeping our ear to the ground yeah. as to you know what is the, the 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 pulse that is happening, you know, especially with families. So you bring yeah. up the the whole thing of you know us kind of almost stepping a uh, taking a step back to like the nineteen mm -hmm. fifties, and you know yeah. the women are at home taking care of the kids and it's actually creating a challenge. So as I said, you know, COVID-19 is highlighting things yeah. that we have worked with the family or what mm -hmm. has not worked between yeah. uh, partner yeah. roles. So yeah. there may be some men who, though they have a two-parent or two-income household and yeah. respected their woman as a, a independent, you know, corporate person or professional person, but somehow COVID-19 everybody's in the house, mm -hmm. <laughs> we forget that my wife also has to be on a call or, you know, do yeah. anything, you know, there's this expectation that she will, she will be the protector. She will be the, the nurturer. She will take care of the schoolwork, the, the cooking, the cleaning. Yeah. And we forget that extra role that mm -hmm. she has of being a, a professional person. And so now it's up to the couple to have dialogue that they may not have realized they needed on really understanding, do we have uh, an equity in, in this relationship? Yeah. Um, and also having that individual reflection of, okay, how do I really want work and life to align? You know, mm -hmm. maybe this does work better for me. I enjoy this time that I'm having with my kids. Maybe I wanna have more remote work opportunities going forward, you know, beyond COVID. Or it could be, yeah, this isn't working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need my kids to be in school and I, I need to be at work because that, that, that energizes me and that's part mm -hmm. of my identity. So yeah. I think there's that work identity piece that's being challenged right now in the midst. Definitely, definitely. But this, this period is also, you mentioned it Farah before that this period is the best period to reevaluate your relationship, but also your work. Uh, things that aren't working, things that are working. And I see a few people reacting to this uh, conversation. So Marlene Francois, thank you for supporting the show and thank you for sharing this with us. I also noticed a few people comment um, in this uh, in this live. So Rahila James, she's seeing us. Ilona Orike, okay, Rike. I hope that I'm pronouncing your name. And if not, please leave me a voice message so that next time I will pronounce your name better. And uh, Sara Elise, she's saying hi, everyone. So thank you for joining this session. Um, going forward to the next question, 
what can organizations do to support their people regarding mental well-being? And I will go with Erica first. Well, that's the important question because so often organizations have just kind of thrown it to the employees and say, you figure it out. Mm -hmm. you it's your personal problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as long as you do your job, I don't care how. Yeah. Not recognizing, as we've already started discussing, it's not the fact that they get to leave all of their home personal responsibilities and yeah. walk into the office building and not have to focus on any of that. Okay. So one thing I mean, that, sorry, you know what I do? What? Sometimes I interrupt people because I seem, I, I sometimes get the feeling that people in the back <laughs> couldn't. They are not hearing you correctly. You have to say it again. Sorry. You have to say it again. For those in the back. Whenever you do that to me, I'm like, well, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> you said something that is worth preaching about. So organizations need to know. They need to help their employees instead of leaving it up to them to figure out. Yes. We are trying to juggle everything, not just work at this mm -hmm. point. Um, rather you are self-employed or working for an organization, you have a lot of different things that you're now trying to multitask. And you know, when you multitask, you're not actually operating at your fullest potential. So one way organizations can help their employees mm -hmm. is to be flexible. Sometimes it's not about working from nine to five. It's about you work when you can and yeah. you get the task completed. You don't have to punch a clock because, you know, the ladies have all mentioned and I, too, in my parent homeschooling, you know, we have to actually work with our kids as well. So mm -hmm. you have employees that are trying to figure out how to support their children while still getting their job done. And there's a, a misunderstanding or a misinterpretation or even a misperception that your employees are no longer invested or they're going to try to get away with something. No, they're just, they, they have values on family as well, but they may actually have a high regard for their job. And if you're putting your employee in a position to choose one or the other, to prioritize one, that's not very fair of you as an organization. So maybe the priority needs to shift from the rigid time schedule of meeting here and meeting here, and this is your start time and this is your end time and be more project focused and allowing your employee to use their sound judgment as long as it's getting done. I'm going to say amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say yeah. amen. <laughs> so Tanya, what do you have to add on? So I just had to clap now. I know not, yeah. I'm not in church, but I had to clap. <laughs> um, what I'd like to add to it is, you know, there's a budget generally for CPD and mm -hmm. there needs to be a bigger budget for well-being to simply, yeah. say, you know, um, I, I do like the idea of there being like a mental health gym on site. And when I say gym, mm. I don't say yeah. going to physical gym. I mean, full of psychologists, counsellors, or maybe just having a space where people can go and just release, you know, because we all need to do that at certain points. And I think that's the way that we do move forward is mm -hmm. identifying the fact that this is just a part of life. And I know in different parts of the world, there's a different view, like I suppose in the East or Africa, there's all very different views to how we deal with mental health. But I feel that here, maybe from coming from the West, because I'm talking from London, I feel that needs to be identified further yeah. and there needs to be a budget for it. 
I, I totally agree. And also that budget needs to be spent the way you want to spend it. So some for mm. some of them, it can be the gym, the physical gym, right? And for some of them, it can be going to, to see a psychiatrist or to see a coach. Everybody yeah. needs their own, everybody needs to have the option to choose whoever they want to have, as long as they don't have to go by the manager, because that will, will, um, raise you know make that chinese wall much more bigger than you know yes than it already is because i people are sometimes yeah people are not feeling that safe to talk about these uh items when it comes to mental health mm-hmm. yeah people are afraid i suppose when you mention the word mental health mm-hmm. that word i think the word yeah. needs to be changed actually mm-hmm. now you mention it um i think that people to what do- I don't know, actually, now I've just said it. I just feel, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like yeah. the idea. I, I, I love the idea of kind of mind and body, you know, mind mm. and body. Mind, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's mind health. Even mind health sounds yeah. better than mental health, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Because people have this um, idea of mental illness. And so a lot of people do not know the difference between mental illness mm-hmm. and mental health. And there is a yeah. huge difference in terms of the anxiety or depression and everybody can experience some form of mental health and mental illness is another level. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the average person, when you mention mental health, alarm bells start going off. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have to find that balance, I feel. Yeah, so mind, here we have, we've come up with a new thing, mind health, rather than mental health, mind health. Sounds a little bit gentler, maybe. What do you think yeah. about that, ladies? I, I love it, I love it. And Farah, what do you have to share regarding this question? Yeah, I, I want to piggyback off of um, what Erica said, you know, mm-hmm. about, you know, taking taking a little bit of ownership with your employees and understanding that, you know, it, it, when we think of organizations, we can also look at it as as a family, you know, mm-hmm. unit, so to speak. So yeah. as a parent, I need to make sure that the wellness of my children um, are priorities so that they can, you know, make sure that our family is functioning well. So the same thing as an organization you know, at the top, you are to create the example of what a healthy work culture and environment looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, on LinkedIn last week, uh, Adam uh, Weber, I believe his name is, he's the co-founder of Amplify, and he mm-hmm. decided, you know, as an organization, they were going to take Fridays off for the month of May. And, you know, because just because you tell somebody while we're dealing with remote work, please take time off. You know, if you need a break, take a break. Who's going to take a break? <laughs> because people are already wondering, oh, my gosh, how are Am you? Am I allowed? Is he doing that? Who's seeing that? Yes, yes. And yeah. then if you take time off, but nobody else is taking time off, you will still slip into, let me check mm-hmm. my email. It's not yeah. a big deal to look at this text. And so you really don't turn off. So mm-hmm. having somebody from the top go across the board, we're going to take Fridays off, then you can relax and actually go, okay, I can take a break. I can Mm -hmm. take this moment to reboot and to reset. And I think it's just a great, um, you know, true authentic leadership. It's true emotional intelligence. You know, you're Mm -hmm. leading passion and empathy. So I think organizations really need to think about how do they check in with their employees? How do they acknowledge that things are different? And how do they create the space where they can go ahead and say, okay, I know that you probably won't do this because you're wondering if you're going to be, you know, shamed or, you know, penalized because we can't clock you in and clock you out. So let me make it easy for you. 
And you also share um, that LinkedIn, the tip you have from your LinkedIn article about boundaries mm -hmm. and what they can do as an organization, as an employer, as a as a leader with yes. those boundaries. Because I have the saying that just because you're accessible doesn't mean you're available. Yes. And so right now with remote work, everybody is technically available. Um, you know, and easily accessible. But if you don't set those personal boundaries and if your leaders don't set um, healthy boundaries, then you're going to have this issue where you're going to have a burnt out workforce before we even, you know, enter back into, you know, the new normal. They even they even predicted that or they they I mean, the World Economic Forum predicted that, OK, we are in our first pandemic at the moment right now and that's the covid lockdown that's covid 19 but yeah. the second one there's another wave coming on and that's stress and burnout and by the end of the year they predicted that it will be the worst pandemic the worst dropout the worst burnout the worst stress by the end of the year yeah and that's why i feel that it's so important that we have this discussion today now that leaders HR, those the decision makers take action now and do something about it because yeah. it can be um, yes, sorry, it can be I, having these conversations and trying to implement yeah. these strategies is preventative work mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's wise instead of figuring out what to do after. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. And also I want to say something because you ladies all share beautiful, you know, examples of what organizations can do, but I also want to share something about we clap for our healthcare, right? We clap for the, the nurses that are taking care of the people. But what if your employee is working in a caretaker position or maybe their spouse is working in a caretaker position, right? So what are you doing when, uh, what are you doing to support them? Are you still allowing them to work the eight hours or are you uh, taking on the task as a team and dividing all the tasks with each other because it's a team effort. It's not a me and an I effort. It's a team effort where you split the workload and help each other out because now more than ever, you need each other to uh, become more resilient, mm -hmm. to be more supportive. And, and also another tip, people from now on will, will ask, how did your company act during this lockdown? Yeah. They will see that on Indeed. They will see that on Google. They will see that where else because it's accessible online. And the last thing that you want to, do, to have is your company name associated with how they treat their people badly. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, doing it just for employer brand. I'm doing it. I'm talking about you as an organization showing the human factor because you care about your people. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think part of the challenge is as organizations, they've established silos where people do their mm -hmm. job, they do only their job, yeah. and then that's all they focus on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if an organization, a leadership can create an, an environment, a culture of collaboration, mm -hmm. then it's not always about, let me pick up the slack and do the task that you can't do because of these additional responsibilities. Yeah. But maybe if we each come together and we say, well, this is what I'm working on and this is what I'm stuck in and I would love some suggestions. That brainstorming, that collaboration of ideas and creativity, mm. whereas this person may have taken two days to try to figure out how to get something done, mm -hmm. somebody else had this brilliant idea and then I said, oh, it's done, I'm moving on and it only took me an hour. Yes. Because yes. they've moved on to that collaborative environment. 
Oh, it feels like sitting in church. So I have to, I have to share, I have to share a few comments. So Mila, thank you for supporting the show. Mila is saying leaders and organizations need to understand that work from home isn't remote. Yes, it isn't remote working. This is a different way of working that we are all challenged with because there are so many restrictions attached to the way we are working from now. Thanks for helping us remember that Mila. Mm -hmm. And also what she's sharing is work from home has highlighted how organizations are approaching the invisible, becoming the invisible, becoming visible. And I love that you shared that also, um, Erica. And let me have a, a look, see and see what other people are saying. Um, LinkedIn is not helping. Okay, I can see, oh, sorry, I can see a lot of comments, so I'm going to share that. Um, LinkedIn is not helping. Yes, Rahila, Rahila James is sharing such a great discussion. Thank you, lady, for sharing that. And Ilonia, sorry, I'm sorry again, lady, for, help me, help me. Iliona. Iliona, thank you. Is a friend of yours? Yeah. <laughs> She's sharing prevention is better than intervention. Yes, ladies, I love this. She's also sharing and sensitive to their people's need. And we definitely need organizational leaderships to be more flexible. Yes. Sarah Elise, she, she said you pronounce it perfectly. And um, she's also sharing mental wellness. Yes, ladies, keep it coming. And Kerwin is saying, hey, Vivian, and hey, everybody. And I love this. Let's go to the next question. What can people do? Because we are talking about what can organizations do, but we still have our own control, right, regarding this. So what can we do to prevent anxiety from taking the seat in the front, in the front and taking over our lives? So I'm going to start with Tonya. You know what? I'm a great believer in creativity. And this is a quote mm -hmm. from my mother. Um, she would say this to me when I was young. She'd say, creativity is free. Mm -hmm. And sometimes creativity is something that frees the mind. So, you know, when you are feeling really down, I feel one of the first things you could do is journal, write it down, get it out of the mind and get it onto the page. And then the second thing I feel that is really good is meditation so I've got loads of ideas <laughs> meditation is key as well but it just depends on the person you yeah. know some people will be able to let go and they may be able to paint they may be able to write but I think if you transfer that energy from anxiety into creativity that's where a lot of brilliant artists are, are born and we look at Billie Holiday for example you know a lot of her her work has come out of that deep deep, deep pain. I didn't know that. Thank you. And, and released, you know, yeah. in her music. So yeah. um, I think it's just the time to, just to get creative. So that's what I would add to that. So you are encouraging everybody to, to take their Beyonce on or do something creative? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just me being silly. I, I really love the concept of what you're sharing. <laughs> no, but no, it's the idea. Because you know what? It's returning to your inner child. I suppose mm -hmm. the work that I do. So I run a yeah. to unlock your creativity. So yeah. it's about returning to your inner child. And I think when you're in these circumstances, if you return to what you used to love, as a young person yeah. or what you may maybe loved as a teenager and it could be writing, it could be singing, 
it doesn't have to be anything performing, just a kind of outlook. It could be even just going for a run yeah. or going, you know, or, or starting boxing or something like that. But just to release some of that energy because mm -hmm. everything is being internalized while we're in this position. So I just feel like creativity is a key. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. She actually, you know, said what was in, on my mind. You know, I was definitely thinking about journaling. Mm -hmm. um, even if you're not a journaler, if that's mm -hmm. even a word, um, you know, a person who likes to journal, it, it's interesting what happens to um, our creativity when we're kind of put into a, a pressure cooker. You know, mm -hmm. things start coming out in ways that we, we may not um, expect. And then, you know, I would also think of, um, really trying to figure out how to elevate your emotional intelligence during this time. So self-awareness, you know, you are experiencing anxiety. Let's acknowledge it, you know, feel your feelings, you know, being able to recognize that that's what it is. Just don't, um, you know, don't, I, I tell my clients, don't add an emotion to an emotion. So don't mm -hmm. get upset that you're good. feeling I'm so sorry. That was good. <laughs> yeah. just, you yeah. know, just like compounding it. And yeah. so now you're worried about what you're worried about. It, it just mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. So we can usually judge ourselves because we're judging our feelings. And so if we could just let that anxiety, you know, pass through us, pass by us, pass out of us, like you said, through creative outlets like writing or painting or singing and dancing, whatever that may be. And then, you know, that is just, um, it's an emotional intelligence skill of being self-aware going, I am anxious because of what's going on right now. And you're honoring, you know, yourself and you're honoring your emotions and you're honoring your voice in the midst of all that. And then, I mean, we're therapists, so teletherapy. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. And, what, and I, what I, what I'm, curious about because you mentioned journaling and you Tanya as well you mentioned journaling but what if you're not a writer can you also you know speak out your thoughts or put them in a voice memo like I am doing that's a great no. idea actually you know doing audio just mm -hmm. like, I, I do that actually already sometimes I do express myself just mm -hmm. by talking sometimes I do that already but that's another great way you don't have to write you don't have yeah. to write yeah you yeah. have other ways of doing stuff and it's so such great technology now, isn't there? Mm -hmm. People who struggle with dyslexia, I think I can't remember yeah. what the um, what the program's called, but there's a program where you can just talk to Otter. your Otter AI. There you, are, there you are. There you yeah. are. So there you are. Yeah. So exactly. So that's another way of releasing your emotions or releasing yeah. what you want to say. So yeah. yeah. Mm. And Erica. Well, you know, I love the power of journaling. So that's definitely a go-to suggestion. And then once you have that self-awareness that you are obtaining from journaling, then you have to figure out what to do with it and probably what the source of the anxiety is. And one of the things that we tend to do is we focus on the things that we actually have minimal to no control over. Okay. So if we're being that's, more aware yeah. of what we yeah. have control mm -hmm. over or what we have influence over yeah. and acknowledge that most of the source of our anxiety, yes, we're concerned about it. Yes, it impacts our life. But if we're being honest, we don't have direct control over it. And mm -hmm. that increased the anxiety. So shifting mm -hmm. the focus to the areas that we do have direct control over, our self-care habits, our routines, the relationships we have with the people in our house, those are the things that we can now focus on. And that will make us feel more empowered, make us feel more purposeful and productive and decrease our anxiety. And really being aware of that necessary shift after you've journaled and then become mindful of the anxiety through the growth of emotional intelligence 
then shift your focus. And I think that will be a, a very well, um, well-rounded approach in addition to therapy, mm-hmm. a well-rounded approach to making sure you're able to reduce your anxiety. Yes, and I, I would like to, I, I love everything that you, you all shared. And one of the outlets that I am missing at the moment, we can't go to a sport club or a gym at the moment because of this lockdown. And one of the ways that I really release my energy is boxing. I miss boxing. I miss my boxer. So um, I think that I'm going to ask my partner to, you know, assist me in the boxing because we we need that. But some people they have they they need the gym or they need some kind of exercise to use that as an outlet. And because you're not able to go to the gym, try to find ways. Go to on YouTube. Find ways to. Uh, find exercises that suit you so that you can, you know, release some of the anxiety, release some of the stress because uh, building upon stress, we don't know how long this, this, this lockdown will take and building upon stress, it can be harmful in the long run. It can be harmful in the long run. So um, we talked about what organizations can do. We talked about what people can do themselves. But what if you're in an environment and is that you're feeling at the moment? How can people spot signs of mental health challenges? Well, what can they do? I think, you know, you know typically mm-hmm. we know when something's not right. We may not be able to identify it, label it, know exactly what it is. But just having these moments of reflection, making sure that you're to see let them see that they they uh, we are broken or let them see that we are hurting so we hold it all in mm-hmm. very much so that is something that we do especially women of color mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. do know we're holding it in we just choose not to do, deal with it mm-hmm. so that's the challenge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we know there's something going on we yeah. know yeah. that our hair is you know getting brittle we know that mm-hmm. our stomach our digestive system isn't what it needs to be because we have to keep going into the bathroom and finding the closest one yeah. We know that we're gaining weight and we can't button up our jeans because we've been emotionally eating. And we know our bank account is depleted because all that retail therapy we've been doing. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Even though we choose not to deal with it because we take on the armor, we take on the burdens of everyone. We feel like we have to take care of everyone. So yeah. we know these signs. We just uh, we we choose to ignore them because we don't prioritize our own needs, and that's the challenge. That's how we know how to spot. We know our go-to issues, and what we use is a is a coping mechanism where we think we're managing it, but instead, it's actually managing us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always um, have clients be cautious about what mm-hmm. they're using um, to cope. And so there are some things that, you know, are okay in a normal life situation, but in the midst of all these external stressors that we're dealing with collectively, we do not want um, one issue to become the other issue when we get Mm -hmm. out. So, you know, people may find themselves having an extra glass of wine or, you know, Snacking a little bit more, yes, or yeah. um, looking for a quarantine bay in the middle of all of this, and so who's doing that? A lot of people. Who, who, who is who, what? Who Trust is, me, when people are looking for, you know, are 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 how can I say this? 
are desperate for that human touch mm -hmm. and attention, especially if they're a single person in the yeah, middle. I can imagine. They already know this person. <laughs> going on a, a, a cruise and, and a, yeah. to a secluded island, like that's not a real date. You most likely yeah. want to go to Baker Square or, you know, some other little spot and, or, you know, go to a movie. And that would be your opportunity to learn about this yeah. person. So we want to make sure that we're not doing things to keep us functioning that yeah. will actually hurt us in the long run. So we have to be mindful of, are we drinking too much? Are we eating too much? Are we not eating enough? Are we mm -hmm. sleeping too much? Are we sleeping around? You know, <laughs> are we doing things that will, after we come out of this, when, you know, as they say, when the outside opens up again, Mm -hmm. Are we going to be left with residual pain because we did not handle our mental health well? Yeah, true. Tanya. Yeah. Uh, such a good point there. I mean, I see it as a facade. Some people go into that facade and then some people are truly authentic. And if you're truly authentic with yourself and Vivian, I know you brought up a point about us as, as black women in, in particular, mm -hmm. there's this fear of being judged. I mm -hmm. think that's that's what it is and you're having to continuously have this facade to show to people that everything's all right and you're in pain and you know and I think all the signs there I think everything that's been said all the signs mm -hmm. there you know if you're drinking too much but you're just trying your hardest just not to let everybody else know put this facade on so I think one of the biggest signs if somebody's close to you and you see them withdraw you see them you've got to call people out I think people don't do that enough now I just thought mm -hmm. you just call your your closest friends your partner in a gentle way though in a gen no, in a gentle way because sometimes people don't do that enough sometimes you're very close to people and then you kind of thought gosh man it's a little bit I'm, I'm a size 20 you and you didn't tell me <laughs> what's going on yeah. <laughs> you know you want to pull it back you want to pull it back and you want to call pe people out and when you call people out then yeah in a gentle way I, I would do it in a gentle way I would mm -hmm. not advise you just to go and abuse anyone but in a gentle way people close to you you can help them or just by maybe asking them, or would you like to come and do something with me? Like, for example, mm -hmm. go for a jog with me, go for a walk with me, and just slowly chisel to help that person close. Because sometimes we just need our friends, we need our support, and that's when community really comes together. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love everything that you all shared. And also uh, what Farah shared regarding... Um, regarding quarantine bay, it, it, it made me think about, you know, I have a few friends who are single at the moment and I have been calling them, but also I have a few friends who are just new moms or they have their second child at the moment and they are going through this phase without, you know, the family, without the friends, without the attention that they normally would get. And um, I'm trying to be a, f a friend from a distance. So what I'm trying to say is that um, support one another. But before you do that, look at your own glass because your glass needs to be half full or at mm. least ab above the half full line before you go and take care of somebody else. That's good. No, yeah. totally, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So I have a few comments coming in. So Tony is sharing leaders need to give space to others to be themselves, space to talk. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say, add on something to this. Know that leaders are also human. So leaders also need to find their support system. Mm -hmm. And I see four beautiful ladies here. If you need to talk leaders, four beautiful ladies here. 
And um, Tony is also sharing workforce development, uh, wellness strategy needed definitely, now more than ever, now more than ever. So I'm going to go on LinkedIn and see if there are any reactions on LinkedIn. I see a lot coming at the moment. So Ilionia is sharing that, hmm, that's good. Don't judge your feelings, but just feel, be self-aware. And Rahila is sharing such a great discussion. So thank you ladies for being you. And I love that I connected you with each other. So thank you. Um, last question, because we hope to end this lockdown somewhere in the near future. What can we do now to support our mental health after this lockdown? And if it's something that you already shared, you know what I do, I'll just reshare because sometimes people in the back are not hearing it. So share it also for them. Faha. Um, again, I, I advocate for, for therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're not doing it while you're in the midst of this lockdown, definitely start researching and looking at different directories to find a therapist to mm -hmm. uh, begin your work uh, when we get out. Uh, in the meantime, create a plan. I think, you know, we don't have to be reactive. We can definitely do some preventative stuff. If you know that you um, are going to be a little bit anxious and have some trepidation um, leading out of this, you mm -hmm. know, create a plan. If you need to still wear your mask, when the outside opens up again, wear your mask. If you um, still want to figure out how to work from home more than you go into the office, do that. I think to Erica's point, you know, we don't have control over what's going on um, outside of ourselves, but we do have control over how we think and how we act and mm -hmm. respond to those things. So, you know, part of just being able to care and support for our mental health is you know, working on creating a plan that makes us feel safe and okay. Definitely. And Tanya? You know what? I think there's a lot of charities out there. I think you mentioned therapy, and I think there's a certain bracket with therapy because not everybody can afford it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's also charities out there you need to talk to. So Samaritans is one, Mind. And it's just to be aware of those charities and not be afraid to pick up the phone and talk to someone because sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger. I mean, earlier I mentioned talking to um, talking to your friends, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's easier to talk to a stranger where they're totally detached from the situation. Um, and I feel that's kind of the way forward. But also just to talk. I think that's what's really important. If you are feeling a little bit like you are having a bit of anxiety or you're feeling that you're getting a little bit depressed or you feel that you're not getting out enough. And with regards to the boxing, Vivian, I'm just saying you can go out, you can go to the park and box. <laughs> yeah, but I need to box against somebody, right? <laughs> you, get, you get those boxing gloves and then you get the pads and then you can still do that. But then whatever you feel, because, you know, it's yeah. individuals, there's different levels, isn't there, depending on where you're at. So therapy is one of them. Samaritans is another level. And it's just to reach out so people can talk. I think that's the starting point. True. Yeah, yeah. America. I think a lot, of, um, a lot of people are really trying to focus on getting back to the old way of things. They want to go back to normal. And that is the challenge because <laughs> it's impossible. And I actually will challenge you, do you really want to go back to the way things used to be? Mm -hmm. So I think part of the strategy that um, we have to put into place, which was so eloquently shared already, um, is really about creating the new normal that we want to see. You know, really 
not trying to figure out how to get back to what you used to have, but create a vision of where you want to go from here forward. Some of that may mean changes in your work environment. It may mean mm-hmm. changes in the relationships, the people that you no longer need to have in your life, creating new goals for yourself and recognizing that this moment that we've been in is actually an opportunity for growth yeah. and healing. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I'll start with the opportunity for growth and healing because um, this is also the time to reflect on what's going well, what isn't going well, and what can you do? Because um, what's happening outside is beyond your control. What are you doing in, in-house? What are you doing with your kids? What are you doing with your your relationship? What are, what are you doing uh, with distancing? Because I get a little bit angry when I see the word social distancing, which it should be physical distancing, because we can still socially connect with each other. You can still you know, have these conversations and even call or maybe write a letter. You know, I saw this beautiful post about a lady, uh, a little girl writing letters and it went it went uh, nationwide in America. So a little lady was uh, seven years old. She was writing letters. Um, what is your US post and USPS mm-hmm. uh, to offer comforts to people, to support people just by sending them personal letters. And this action was worldwide, right? It, it went viral because she was showing kindness. Can you imagine a seven-year-old doing this? Why is it so hard for ourselves to do just a little kindness, just, you know, just a dash of kindness towards somebody else, but be mindful of yourself, be mindful of what you're doing at the moment. Are you taking enough care of yourself? And if not, ask for help. Yes. Ask for help. Yeah. And um, again, it's weird for me to say this, but before I was having a hard time talking about mental health because there was a lot more stigma regarding this topic. But now, like I said, everybody is going to their challenges regarding to mental health. And this is the time to invest, personally invest, and if not invest via your organization to at least raise awareness of what people can do when it comes to their mental health. What people can do, what your company can do to become a better organization, but also create more resilient people. That's what I'm looking for. So I'm going to have a look-see on LinkedIn. Is there anything that you want to share but you haven't shared? You can share that now. You, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's just really important um, for us to be mindful that everything is different Mm -hmm. and we need to adjust our expectations accordingly. And Mm -hmm. I'll just give a personal example. I am pretty much doing the same thing I've, I, I did before COVID, which is I'm a therapist. I provide yeah. therapy all day long. But instead of it being face-to-face in my office, yeah. I am doing it via the computer. And I used to get to the end of the day wondering why I was so exhausted. And it, yeah. it dawned on me that if in my office, I had that time, that break in between sessions to decompress to put mm-hmm. stuff together and get ready for the next one. But now in between sessions, I'm going outside to check if my kid is doing his work. So everything is different. So we need to adjust our expectations of ourselves, be gentle, be compassionate and be nurturing 
yeah. and practice self-care. Yeah. And don't do back-to-back -back Zoom calls. And not <laughs> don't do that. Exactly. You have to have yeah. those moments of rest and transition mm -hmm. for yourself. True. And no, I was guilty of that today, actually, the back-to-back -back Zoom calls, and I felt exhausted by it, so I definitely wouldn't advise it. Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely say in regards to mental health, I think there just needs to be a little bit more awareness and it needs to be normalised. Um, a little bit. We need yeah. to raise our volume regarding more, more. Yeah, yeah. it needs to be normalised because mm -hmm. it's really, really hard. I think it is one in two, apparently, yeah. statistics that people suffer with mental health. People just, like you say, we just don't talk enough. Um, I'm a great believer and lover of meditation. I love meditation. I didn't mention that earlier, but every morning I do 10 minutes. And right mm -hmm. now, Deepak, a bit of a um, plug here, but Deepak and Oprah yeah. have done 21 days. And I think that's great for people to introduce them to meditation, so people who mm -hmm. have not normally meditate. It's a guided meditation. I think that really, really can help during this time if you're not someone that meditates regularly. And then there's another app, I think it's called Headspace, but there's lots mm -hmm. of different things that are out there that you can do. But I think meditation really is good for clearing the mind, for giving you some clarity for yourself personally. So you can check in with you from an internal place before you start work or before you do anything. And the last thing I want to say was my thing I say, just send people love. We can just mm. send them energetically. I think that's the key and that's the start by just sending love. I'm sending you some now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I I just want people to remember that rest is productive. Mm. Um, I think that we often <laughs> yes, rest yes. is productive. Yeah. There is yeah. ministry in uh, in having Sabbath and having rest, and I think you know with us again, with having this forced work-life integration. And, you know, like he said, you, you don't have a rest moment, it seems like, because you go from having a client, you know, Erica, to checking in on your son. And there isn't those, those moments within our day where we find an opportunity to, you know, just be. So in, in this moment of, of, of lockdown, just to encourage others to it's okay if you need a moment. You don't always have to be on. You don't mm -hmm. always have to perform. You don't always have to produce. Because if you rest, you actually will be more productive. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I think we just need to, again, put up the volume, as you said, Vivian, and, and talking about mental health in a way that normalizes it, that, you know, mental health issues is just life issues. We're mm -hmm. all experiencing a life issue right now. Um, and that, you know, and I agree with you, Tanya, that there's not enough education about the difference between mental illness and mental health issues. You know, we may all experience mental health issues, but we have to be careful that our mental health issues don't become a mental illness due to yeah. us not having self-care um, and properly implementing some, you know, tools that will help us, you know, move out of that place of, okay, if I'm overeating, um, can is, is there some awareness for me to stop so that I don't end up having an eating disorder? You know, am I drinking a little bit too much? Let me make sure mm -hmm. that I don't become, you know, having an addiction, you know, after all of this. And so, you know, but I think part of the issue is that people feel that they have to be on all the time. And it may be yeah. a Western, you know, mentality that, you know, part of who you are is, is based off of what you do and what you can do. Um, but just being able to rest, and, and be okay being you 
by yourself, <laughs> you know, is, is so important, I think, to yes. our mental health and, and our whole identity piece. I also have to say something about the word productivity, because ever since this COVID lockdown started, I started to dislike it a lot because um, we used to use that word as a trigger, as a way to lure, you know, companies and organizations and, and whoever has the money, right? But I want to see it as look at it in the way of people being their best selves from the home with in these conditions that they're working with because what you are facing somebody else might face a whole nother level of challenges or maybe facing less challenges so be mindful and know your people know what they are going through know what maybe their spouse is is a nurse or a doctor you never know that until you invest the time to know your people so i want to end this conversation this lovely conversation and i could go for hours but i have to be mindful as well and this is not the first and the last time that we are going to do some something similar like this but i would like to say thank you to the ladies because you definitely were on fire today and it's a much needed discussion that i wanted to do for a while but fortunately fortunately Due to COVID, I had to bring it on earlier, but it is important to have these discussions. So I hope that these, this discussion inspired you to uh, raise awareness without, regarding in your company, but also raise awareness in your own home and start having, start having these conversations. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. So don't leave. I'm just closing. Don't leave yet because I really am curious about what you think afterwards. So I'm just closing off within one minute and I'll be back to you. So going back to, um, let me see, going back to the presentation. So um, tomorrow will be a Dutch episode and it will be about recruiting via robots, so artificial intelligence recruiting, and it will also be about inclusive diversity because how can a robot see inclusive diversity? That's what we're going to have a discussion about. So I'm thinking about doing this discussion in English as well, but know that tomorrow on Thursday, it will be a Dutch discussion. So um, hopefully until next time, and if not, then um, then please let me know what you want to hear. I'm curious to hear if the topics that you that I'm doing at the moment are relevant. And if not, please share the topics that you want to hear more so that I can find some other guests or uh, maybe invite you to this conversation. And um, I am going to say thank you. And I'm going to say, let's humanize the workplace because even though we are, most of us are all working from home, it's still important to humanize our workplace, our culture, and do our best, employers and employees. So thank you. My name is Vivian Aqua. If you want to reach out, find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, wherever, and I, I'll be there. Thank you for watching, and until next time.